0: is Christian. Well, in Buryatia, only half a percent of their population is Christian. And Buddhism is their main religion there, and it's actually a huge hub. There's one of the biggest um, Buddhist monasteries in Yulan-Yude, which is their capital city that I flew into. How's the volume? Good? Okay, good. Where do I have to point
1: to
0: make it work? (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I want to introduce you to the SEND team in Buryatia. So I know your church supports Leif and Jamie Gustafson, so that's who we have here. No, um, There's Leif and Jamie on that side, and their children, Annika, Ella, and Ike, is hanging on behind there. And that um, is Sasha and Yulia, and that is the local couple that they're partners with. Sasha is a pastor in a church in the capital city of ulan Uday, But their goal is to actually start a church in the small village where they live. So one of the reas- ways that they can reach people in Buryatia, they can't go and evangelize there. It's illegal to evangelize. But they can reach people one-to-one. And people are very excited about learning English there. And so that's one of the ways they work. They have a weekly English club, and they put on an English camp each year. And so my job in going was to be the song leader, and I was supposed to lead an English discussion group at camp. So when people asked me what I was expecting before I went to camp, I would answer that I had no idea. I didn't have any expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that God was prompting me to go. And I knew English speakers were necessary to run the camp, and I knew someone that needed to learn, um, lead the songs, But honestly, I didn't feel like these jobs were that important. I felt like anybody could go. So I kept asking God, why me? (laughs) Okay, so here's a few more members of the team. So there were three summer interns there. There was Andrew and Eric and Kate. And Andrew and Eric were actually missionary kids that spent some of their childhood in Buriatia, And they came back for the summer to work for camp and to help Leif and Jamie and then there's Nettie. So I don't know if you guys know, but um, the house that Leif and Jamie live in is actually a duplex. And Leif and Jamie live in the front, and Nettie lives in the back. And another thing I didn't know is that the SEND team has 13 people in the Yulan yu area. And so they just feel like a good-sized team can really get in there and reach more people. And so they strategically place a group in the areas they're trying to reach with the gospel. So I want to introduce you to the Idaho team. So from this side is Stuart, myself, Sean, Jean, Ellie, and Robin. And I think if you remember last time I was here, I didn't know any of these people before I went on this trip. And I'd only spoke to Robin a few times. And so going in, I was pretty concerned. I never let, I've never met Leif and Jamie either. I've never met anybody on the, that I was going with on this trip. <laughs> So going in, I was kind of concerned. I mean, you don't know what these people are going to like. I didn't know if they would accept me. I didn't know if I'd be part of the team. I had no idea. But from the moment I met them in Seattle, we were a unified team. And this was something that was really exciting. Every, whenever it was when we had a need, it, whether it was prayer or encouragement or an extra hand or even healing, the need was met immediately by someone in the group. And I actually have an example of this. I had been feeling dizzy from the moment we got to Siberia. And I do have dizzy spells, but it's usually only like one day or two days. But I was dizzy actually the first five days I was there. And I finally, like, dawned on me to ask for prayer. (laughs) And so I did. And immediately after that, I felt better, and it did not come back the entire trip. And so I also feel like maybe that was some spiritual attack because of the way and how quickly the healing happened. But um, I was asked to comfort other people, and I also had a, young, a mentoring relationship with the two younger people in this group. So there was ways that God used me to be part of the team That that was awesome. Anyway, the unity that we experienced, I've never experienced before, Because we were meeting all needs, it reminds me in Acts in the end of that, um, I think it's chapter two, when all the believers were together and they were selling everything they had. And I remember it saying that all needs were met. And that's what it felt like. It felt like whatever the need was, large or small, it was just met immediately by someone else in the group. And so we worked so smoothly together. And this was something that everybody else at camp noticed. And they kept asking us, have you guys met before? Did you know each other before the trip? And they said no, and these people even are not close friends. So even before they came on the trip, even though they're from the same church, they weren't, yeah, they weren't used to being around each other. So we just kept saying, "It's the Holy Spirit. It's working through us." And people really noticed and they could tell. Okay, so the first night we were there, we went to Sasha and Yulia's house because they were getting to, drive to Kyrgy- ready to drive to Kyrgyzstan for a meeting for pastors, for encouragement. So it was the only chance we had to meet them, and we went over there, and they didn't speak any English, and we didn't know any Russian, but they did sing a song for us. It was the nails in his hands, and so I recorded this, and it was really emotional for me to see them worshiping in Russian. To me, I didn't know what the words were, but I could tell that the Spirit was with them, and that they were praising God, and I just bawled, and I thought to myself, how am I going to make it? This is the first night I'm here. I don't even know how I'm going to make it the whole week. <laughs> so I'm going to play that video for you. Oh, it won't work. So can you play the video, Jasper? The next slide, Jasper. So I learned this song in English, and when I knew what the words said, I was like, "Oh, I love it even more now. <laughs> so I'm gonna sing this, and if you guys know it, sing with it. Sing with me. To show you a little bit of what the village looked like, this is the village that Leith and Jamie live in. It's we know it as Spring Village, but it's actually called Istoke, which means something spring. So, um, people are moving out of the rural communities and into the villages surrounding the big cities for work and opportunity. And I think I would estimate their village about the size of Davenport. So here's a picture of the girls outside their house. This two-story construction and the high fences are very common there. And everybody is out in the streets a lot. They don't have a lot of technology. And it was summer when I went, so everybody's out and about a lot. And then this was actually a little store that we, we went to. It is probably about 12 by 12, and all the food is behind the counter, and you have to ask for it. And then that, the other side is us walking across the field to the store, It's common to have stores every couple blocks there because the food doesn't have preservatives. And so you you get your food fresh and you cook it. And the food was awesome there. I kept thinking of the fish eyes in China. It wasn't like that. The food was really good. (laughs) Um, While we were there, they had a neighborhood day. So one of the things that Leif and Jamie are doing is just trying to get the neighborhood out and connected and meet them. And then once they know them, they can say, hey, we do a Bible study every week. Do you want to come? And invite them to their English club. And it's just one way they're connecting with people and investing in the area. So in their neighborhood day, they had a volleyball contest, wrestling, and they had a few singers that day. So that day we had a traditional buriat group they sing and they perform and they came and sang a song for us and on a side note the colorful fence that's behind them is a playground that leaf and jamie helped make in the neighborhood so it's really sweet so what i realized is that there are actually a few christian churches in Buryatia it's just there's not very many so this actually is another pastor sasha and we went to a church service and the order of it actually felt like what we would expect just you know, with songs and announcements, and then the sermon. The sermon was on why is there temptation, and I got it translated, Leave translated it for me. It was a great sermon, so I was really excited to hear that. And then we made the three-hour trip after church up to camp. So here's what camp is set up like, and it's mostly sand, and you'll see the tents and the sleeping bags were provided by our VBS kids. They raised the money to make those. I know, I'm so happy. (laughs) And every tent was used to the point that we were packed in them. So actually, they could use a few more tents. (laughs) But our area was set up. To me, it reminded me of a hunting camp. They had poles set up for the buildings and then tarps over the top of them. But we had an outhouse area, a shower building, a kitchen tent, an eating tent, and we had a big circus tent where we did our evening program. So this is Lake Big Hall. It is the largest, or no, it's the deepest freshwater lake in the world, and it is gorgeous. It is like the ocean. I didn't realize there would be waves, but it's because it's so large, it picks up the wind picks up the water and there's waves there. And at camp, I would just wake up in the morning, and I'd go down to the beach. And when I was there, I remember asking God every morning. I was like, okay, God, you brought me halfway across the world to Russia. What do you want me to do today? How can I serve you today? What do you have for me today? And I would just reflect on this, and I'd reflect how God brought me there. And it was really good to have these quiet moments before the busyness of camp. It really helped to ground me. So how camp, or how our day at camp went is we'd start in the morning. Our group would start in the meeting for prayer. And then we all ate together in the eating tent. And we would wash dishes right there on the table with our group. So we were with the Russians and the Buryats. And then our English people, we would just sit all together. And then the campers would go off to an English discussion group. And then they'd have a choice of activity session. So there was music, which I led, and drama and sports and crafts. And then we had lunch together. And then another large group session and another English discussion before dinner. After dinner, we would meet in the biggest service tent. Um, So it reminds me of camp at Coca-Cola. You know, you go from activity to activity activity. You all meet together for lunches. It was was like summer camp for adults. (laughs) So this is my English discussion group here. And the campers were split into discussion groups by how well they could speak English. So we, we had a beginner group that couldn't speak very much English at all, and I actually had an an advanced group with Stuart from Idaho and Nettie, and this group actually spoke English really well. Um, Probably half of the people in my group were missionary kids, and so half of them were saved, and the other half were Buryats that were Buddhist or did not have any faith at all, and I think that God really orchestrated this group to be together. The missionary kids... Really had a lot of pain and a lot of suffering they've experienced just from moving around, being a missionary kid, and leaving their friends. And it was great for them to bond together and talk about their faith. So while we're talking about their faith, the Buryats are sitting there, looking at them, you know, listening to them talk about their struggles and how God has brought them through it. And so it was just a, it was even, it was way more powerful than what I could have said. But the lessons that we had for our English discussions groups were the gospel story. They had been written by a member of the SIN team, and it was a bridge analogy. So they used Lake Bay Call, like saying, you know, if I'm on one side and God's on the other side, how do I get to him? There's no way to go across. And we talked about Jesus being the bridge. So we had a bridge analogy, and every lesson built on each other. And then we had discussions where you dive in deeper to the Bible message. So the Bible... Verse, actually, was what they had to read for their lesson. So everybody at camp heard the gospel twice a day, or more, at least twice a day. So this is us building a bridge. We got to actually do little activities, too. And um, this, this is my group. So this is Lena, Iwana, and Valya. And Valya is one that we were praying for before camp and continue to pray for Valya is not saved, and he is so intelligent. When we were doing this bridge, you know, most of us just put some toothpicks in the marshmallows and try to make it stand. But he constructed this elaborate bridge out of marshmallows, and he just doesn't feel like he needs God. So we're going to continue to pray for Valya. At camp, I felt like each one of us really bonded with a couple of special people. And one of my special people was Victoria. She came to Christ about 17 years ago when a missionary came and told her husband the gospel story, and then he told her. And she told me her testimony one day at lunch. She used to be a Buddhist, and she was crippled, and the doctors told her that she would never have children, and that is her son standing next to her. (laughs) It was a great and dramatic testimony. I love it. (laughs) And the other lady is Nadia, and she has a background in the Russian Orthodox Church Um, To me, it almost seems like a form of Hinduism, but they have Christian background. They pray to 32 different icons, and it, it will be like, if you wanted to pray for your family, you would pray to this certain icon. So to me, that's what it reminded me of. But in her own words, that week at camp, something happened to her, and she came to Christ that week at camp. That was really exciting. She was changed. She didn't even want to leave camp. (laughs) When it came time to leave, there was another Christian group coming in, and she called her husband and said, I'm staying. Something's different about me. I don't want to come home. (laughs) And so that was really exciting. And she's been coming to uh, Jamie's Ladies Bible Study every week since then. So we just need to continue to pray for Nadia. She's just new in her faith, and she's really excited about it. Okay, another one of my special people is Tuwana, who is the lady in pink here. And she's an English tutor and a very devout Buddhist. And the funny thing about that is that she's really drawn to engage with Christians. And that's one thing I didn't expect, is that the Buddhists actually really want to talk to Christians because they view Jesus as a wise teacher. And they think that the things or the ways that Christians act match up with the things that Buddhists have to do to get to the next level of enlightenment. So she's actually mixing up the good things that Christians do with the whole point of Christianity not being about your works. It's just what we do because we love God. (laughs) But she is still really engaged, and she actually brought two of her shamanist friends to Jamie's Bible study group. And so Jamie was laughing, and she told me that she's evangelizing, and she doesn't even know it. (laughs) So it's pretty exciting. And I just feel like this is only half a two-on-a story. And so we just need to keep praying for her, but I, I just think it's so cool what God's doing. And I don't think she's aware of it yet, but God is working on her. We can tell. Okay, so camp was seriously spiritual, but it was a ton of fun. So this is our group playing water balloon volleyball on the beach. And so the people in the middle are the net. And on each side, the whole gang, like, grabs a sheet and you toss it over to the other side. And my team actually got second in the championship. <laughs> I'm not that athletic. We didn't get first. <laughs> Nadia, the one that I was talking about who received Christ, she actually is a professional volleyball player. So her team won. <laughs> Huh. Okay, so I had not. I think I told you in the beginning. I didn't really think being worship leader on the trip was that important. I thought I'd just go and sing some songs and lead the lead the music, whatever. Uh, but it just didn't feel important to me. And I will say that I was wrong about that. <laughs> so this is us worshiping at Leif and Jamie's house, and. In the morning, Andrew, one of the interns, would start singing in the kitchen. He'd be cleaning up, starting up breakfast, and i he was right below my where I was sleeping. And I would hear him singing praise, and it would wake me up. And I'd go down, I'm like, Andrew, do you want to sing? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he just loved to worship. He even asked Leif, can we sing now? Is it time to sing now? I mean, he just was so excited to worship. And so I, I told him. We'll wait till 8 a.m., and then we will wake the house up with praise. And he thought that was so fun, and we did. And everybody kind of come out blurry-eyed because we'd stay up late. And we just start, yeah, praising God and singing worship first thing in the morning. And I'll say one thing about this team is that everybody on it just lived to worship. We had worship sessions two or three times a day where we would just get together and sing praises, sing hymns and stop and pray. And that was one thing I felt like that really grounded us together and really filled us with the Holy Spirit to do this work and not get tired and weary and just keep going. So to me, it was really excited, exciting that I was with this team that loved to worship as much as I do. <laughs> okay, so I led a music group there for the activity session, and this was one area that I was really concerned about I didn't have time to prepare what I was going to do, and I do consider myself a teacher, but I've never taught music before, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I was pretty sure it wasn't going to go well. <laughs> but I just prayed to God, and I asked my team to pray, I asked for inspiration, and I have a video of us practicing our song, or one of those songs, and I want you to remember that this, English is not this group's first language. In this group, there's one from Germany, one from Switzerland, one from Romania, and the rest were Russian or Buryat speakers. OK, will you play that, Jasper? songs we sang was my to save and it was so cute because with their accent they said save or save or you can move the mountains and I never corrected them somebody on my team corrected them I thought oh it's just so cute I wasn't going to correct them <laughs> oh. so when we were looking at the evaluations after camp many people wrote that making new friends and the evening program was their favorite part so when we would meet after dinner in the big circus tent the music group that you just saw would perform, and the drama group would perform, and then we would sing some worship songs, and then we would hear a couple of testimonies. And so the favorite songs at camp were 10,000 Reasons that we sang today, and they actually have that in Russian, so which I didn't know. So they caught on to that pretty quick, and at Russian church, they sang that song. So when they started singing it in church, in Russian, we just, the team like looked at each other and we were like, is it, is it? And it, it, We were so excited so we could sing with them in English. Um, King of My Heart, You Never Let Go, and God of this City was their favorite. So I have a video of the whole camp singing um, King, uh, King of My Heart. Can you play that, Jess? Oh, too far. Should be that one. you <laughs> you kind of get an idea of what the evening program was like so the last night of camp was pretty special I was very honored and humbled to give my testimony last night and how it worked was um leaf would ask me questions and then Victoria was sitting next to me and she would translate into Russian so that way everyone could understand what I was saying And then we had a special presentation. So this is Zhenya and Marina, and they were my tech team, and they were very quiet, and I never would have anticipated they did something as exciting as fire dancing. (laughs) But they did a presentation for us, and then we introduced the Russians to s'mores. And we... (laughs) We brought marshmallows and chocolate and marshmallows there. And the marshmallows did not fare so well in Beijing. So they were kind of a glumped pile of smushiness, but they were delicious anyway, and they loved them. Okay, so the next video, I have um, a video of them doing their fire dancing. You'll get audience commentary because I'm standing in the audience. it was amazing <laughs> okay so this is the group um at camp and i think even when i came here and we prayed before we left the last time i heard there was like 15 or 20 people coming to camp so we prayed for that and there was about 100 people at camp <laughs> so god is good and we asked him to bring them and he brought them <laughs> So one of the main feedbacks that we received, too, is that they wish camp was a whole week instead of only five days. So I want to share with you some funny things about Russia. So one of the funny things is that banyas or saunas are a big deal there. And it's common for businessmen to invite other businessmen to the banya. And they go in there naked, and you do your business deals. And so (laughs) that's how it works. And we had our own banya at camp, so that's the shack on the beach here, and they had a fire that they built in a barrel, and when it would get hot, they would pour water on the outside of the barrel, and it'd get really hot and steamy in there. And the whole part of the banya is that you're supposed to get really hot, and you're supposed to feel like you're about ready to pass out, and then you run, and you jump in Lake call which is freezing, and, <laughs> and it's supposed to be really cleansing and refreshing. So I was invited to go to the banya with clothes on. We had swimsuits on. And I ran out into Lake Baikal and I got about thigh high and I stopped because it is freezing. And I thought, I am not diving in there. And so we went, they told me I didn't get hot enough. That's what they said, you need to get hotter. So (laughs) we went back in the banya, got hot again. And I I did it again. I'm like, this time I'm going to do it. Well, I started running in and I got about thigh high again. I'm thinking, no way, it is cold. And behind me is Kate, the intern from Canada, and she's screaming at me, run, run, go, go, dive. And so I did, I dove in and I told her, I would have never done that without you yelling at me. (laughs) Okay, another funny thing I wanna mention is the driving in Russia. So this is the SEND team coming back from camp and Their um, steering wheels are on the wrong side of the car, but their lanes are on the same side as our lanes. And so if you want to pass, you have to ask your passenger if it's clear. And if you don't have a passenger, you just have to go for it. (laughs) But if there's a car coming, it doesn't matter because the car that's oncoming just moves over, and the car you're passing moves over, and you just pass three wide on the highway, and that's how it goes. And... (laughs) I know. It's wild. If you know me well, though, you will know that I would drive fine in Russia. It would be fine. (laughs) So, and all the roads in the village aren't even set up straight. Like, our streets are straight. It's like a logging road. There's just potholes. It's all dirt. They wind all over the place. We went in and out of Leaf and Jamie's so many times, and there's no way I could have found my way to their house. Okay. Another thing is, this is Jamie holding a smoked fish that she bought from a guy on a motorcycle that was selling them on the side of the road in her village. And that's, it, that's just so Russian. <laughs> it's a funny mix of traditional and modern. And so you see things like this all the time that don't quite make sense to you, and your brain's trying to make it make sense, and it just doesn't. So she said she sees almost every night a guy on his motorcycle herding his cattle in their village. So Leif had actually planned to take us to the Buddhist temple one of the first days that we arrived there, and he he did wanted to plan this because he wanted us to understand the culture and the people that we were going to talk to. And it didn't happen because we had so much going on before. So we showed up at the temple at dusk, and we walked around, and Leaf was explaining how their system works. And this wheel here, the people would come, and they would pay the priest money to spin it. And the big wheel spins, and then it lands on a certain frame. And they have to go tell the priest what frame it landed on, and the priest would tell them what they had it to do. So the priest might say, you have to buy five prayer flags and hang them up, and then the spirits will notice your prayers, and and your prayers will be answered. So as we walked around, there was there were skyes tar- tied around, and I didn't really feel anything. I was just interested in what he was saying and how their religion worked. And then we walked kind of out past the buildings into this wooded area where prayer flags were tied on the trees, and then we kept walking until we got to this monstrosity. And it's probably 30 feet tall, and it's poles that are shaped in a teepee fashion, and there's just thousands of these flags tied to it. And right when we got there, that's where I really felt the evil and the deception that Satan had been deceiving with these people with for so long. And as we felt left, we were all really creeped out, and I just started praying. I think I told you that I had memorized part of Psalm 144, for this trip, just to eliminate my fear. And so I just started saying this out loud when we were walking out of there. So I said, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my enemies underneath me. So I was really glad that we didn't visit the temple before camp because I wouldn't want it to change the way I viewed the people. The people themselves were wonderful. They were excited that we, they, we were there, and they were really welcoming. But now that I've seen the temple, it really makes me understand the huge influence that the enemy has over Buriata. So I have some takeaway thoughts from my trip, and one of them is that I understand now more than ever that the church is global. For me, witnessing believers in another country worshiping God with the same spirit, different language, was amazing to me. And I realized that no matter where you go, anywhere in the world, if you meet another believer, you will have an instant connection with them. And it's not just because I have something in common with them. It's because we literally have the same spirit in us, and there's a connection with them. I also learned that idol worship that we read about in the Bible— and I tend to think of as something of the past, is alive and happening right now. I realize that how powerful the enemy is in deceiving these people and that he's keeping them captive. People desperately need to be set from the lies. And if they don't hear, if people don't go to witness to him, there's no way they can be set free. At Russian church, a lady thanked us for coming to do this work. She had actually heard the message of the gospel and been saved 13 years before when missionaries came to Buryatia. And she just was excited that we were here again sharing the message because there's so few of them um, that are Christians there. So I know that there's mission work to be done everywhere, and I like doing mission work here just like you do. But this time I was really excited that God sent me somewhere else to do his work. And I loved getting to go see the work that Leif and Jamie are doing over there. I'm excited about the work they're doing. I saw the need and the importance of it. And I can't imagine not going back. I'm sure I'll go back. I actually already started a savings account to go back again. (laughs) So at this time, I just want to open it up for questions. Ask me questions about Russia. (laughs)
2: Anybody?
0: Yes. Thing. yes like sure yeah I did so the timing was I think we had about three months and we had to get a passport which takes about a month we had to get a letter of an invitation which is um, someone in the country has to invite you to come and that usually takes about two and a half months and then we had to get a visa which takes three about a month so that was too much time we didn't have that much time and so I started the process of doing it. My passport came back. I don't even know if it was three weeks. I asked God, I asked God to send it by, like, something first. Like, maybe it was May 1st. And it was there the Friday before. <laughs> and I, my kids actually went and got the mail, and they brought it back. And I, the, they dropped the package on me, and I thought, no way. <laughs> I, I was pretty sure God would answer my prayers because he's awesome like that. But I thought it would be on the day. But God's better than that. He did it like three days before. <laughs> and so there was this m- moment, I had been really stressing about of the bunny that it cost to go on this trip. Airfare is just so expensive to get to that part of the country. And I was looking at tickets for about $2,400 to go on the trip. And I'd been doing my exercising, my prayer walks, and I was walking. And out where I walk, I can just like talk to God out loud. And so I was like, God, why is this a thing? Why am I so stressed out about the money? You know, I just, I just want you to not make this a thing. And I continued on my walk, and I went to work, and I came back, and I had been watching airline tickets. Well, that night, tickets were on sale for 1876. So that's a lot less than it was. And even now I get chills about it. And so at this moment, I still could have backed out, right? Like, if you don't have a ticket and you haven't spent any real money yet, I could have still backed out. So I was freaking out, and I was texting Jamie back and forth, and she's like, oh, my gosh, that's an amazing deal. you got to do it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm really scared. And my hus- it's 11 at night like when I get home from work. So my husband's in bed, like, sleeping, and I'm like, you have to get up and pray with me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, aren't you going to get up? And he's like, no, I'm going to pray right here. <laughs> But he did, and then he fell back asleep, and I was still freaking out. But I bought the tickets, and I was like, okay, I'm going to Russia. And it was amazing because the Idaho team had decided that they were going to wait till they got their letter of intent back before they bought their tickets. And so, because we weren't sure that we were going to make it, any of us. And so they didn't buy those tickets at that price. Their tickets were like $2,300. Yeah, so it was, it was definitely a God thing, and it was an answer to my prayer even that day. Just saying, you're worried about money? Money is just a thing. I'll take care of that, you know, and he did. Yeah, he did. Yep, I actually had extra money, you guys, when I went, and we used it to bless them with um, shirts. So the people at camp had to learn the memory verse for the week, and then they got to have a shirt and they were very excited. Giving gifts is a huge thing, and that's another thing I wanna share about the bracelets that you guys made that I took. I would share the gifts, I would say, I have a present for you, and I'd give them the Wordless Bible bracelets that you guys made, and it blessed them so much. They were speechless when they got a present. I mean, it was a big deal for them to get that from, from us. So thank you very much for making those. Any other questions? Tuyana. It's like T U Anna. But you say it Tuyana. Yeah, thank you. I know she was one I wanted that I chose that I wanted to pray for right away when I heard her story. So okay, then I'll just close my presentation with a prayer for Buryatia. Dear God, I am so thankful that you send people to do your work, and I am so thankful that you blessed me this time with going to Buryatia I praise you for the commitment of Leif and Jamie Gustafson, of living there and sharing your word every day with the people there, Lord. I pray your blessing over this country. I pray that you'll shine truth there in Buryatia, Lord, that you'll help people see how great, how good you are, that you love us even in our weakness, even though we're not perfect, even though we haven't We don't have all the skills. We don't have all the talents, Lord. We don't have to have that, Lord, because you have the power, Lord. You have the skills. You have all the intelligence. And all we have to do, Lord, is follow you and believe in you. God, you are so great. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.